In the boys from Joppa, they lived lives of relative obscurity, but their lives were full, colorful, conflicting, and as identifiable as a fingerprint. In the telling of their story, the author has consigned them all to a place in time that will forever befit their natures and connect them to a river and a way of life. Only a few days in a lifetime possess within the duration of a few hours the power to alter all that has come before it and all that will ever come. L.E.B. In the shallow water at the base of a steep bank, his head rested between two partially quarried granite rocks. The right side of his torso extended through a fork in a rotting maple tree branch. His submerged legs, seized by the swift current, floated behind him as if they were two white streamers pushed outward by a gust of wind. The limbs appeared as ghostly silhouettes under the dark water. His nude body was secured to the river's edge, the torso corrupted by numerous cuts and scrapes. A crooked cut set near his heart had left a large flap of skin opening and closing, the relic of a knife plunged deep. A single dark pupil on the right side of his face stared up through the dense brush toward an arctic blue sky, a face suspended in eternal disbelief, his bluish-white head nodding in agreement. Whether or not death had surprised him, a question best answered by a theologian or whoever had put him in the river, mattered little to the remains left floating in a watery grave. As the emerging morning sun pranced across the surface of the Kennebec, thousands of silver specks flicked on the drowsy water. Birds chirped and cawed in woodsy chatter, nature and the day seemingly distinct and rejuvenated, neither mourned nor hesitated as they transversed from the previous night's shadows to the kindling light of day. In front of Dip's door, Spider was shoveling the newly fallen snow off the sidewalk into the street. He didn't know Dip. He hadn't asked Dip if he'd wanted the front of the store shoveled, but he still assumed Dip would want his storefront shoveled on Christmas Eve. Through the frosted window, he watched a man inside the store, Dip sat in a wooden chair behind the front counter intently reading a horse-racing program with Windsor Fair, Sunday, September 6, 1959, written on the cover. Dip occasionally glanced up. Each time Spider saw Dip look up, he would shovel faster and contort his face. He stopped to wipe his brow with a snow-crusted mitten and leaned unsteadily against the shovel. All day Spider had behaved the same way in front of other storefronts, he had been amply rewarded. He never asked to shovel anyone's storefront or driveway, but instead shoveled with the prospect of an eventual dip. Payment. shifted his gaze toward the store's front window and sarcastically added, You're not alone. The state of Maine must think it's going to be a big beer night, too. You see the big blue unmarked Pontiac? That's a state liquor inspector making sure I don't sell any beer to the wrong people or after hours. He'll most likely sit there until I close tonight. Having an inspector babysitting you doesn't improve your chances of selling beer. I run a beer store. When I'm not selling beer, it's just an old red brick building with a shitload of beer. After staring at Spider for a moment, Tip slowly nodded his head and in a low, grainy voice said, Nothing you hear or see in this store happens. What you learn in the store is none of your business or anyone else's.
You're old enough to understand that talking about someone else's business would make them unhappy. Most of the guys who hang out here you'll want to keep happy, right? Dip, you know you can trust me. Dip didn't answer him directly, but went back to reading his newspaper. Okay, get busy.